Welcome to Belief Over Doubt's Weekday Word. I'm your host for the show, Robert Polk. Today's show is conversations about Christian customs. What do they mean? Why do we do them? And what does scripture truly say about them? Topics such as the Christian baptism, Eucharist, or the Holy Communion. Um, I would love for you to go back and reference some of our previous episodes on fasting and prayer. But we're actually going to start with those. Let's talk about fasting. Now, when we discuss fasting, the exercise that I'm referring to is making physical or lifestyle changes so that you can solely rely on God during that time or removing distractions so that you may draw closer to him during that period. This truly is the greatest benefit and should be our focus during a fast. Scripture details fasts by Jesus, Esther, Daniel, Ezra, King David, Elijah, Moses, Darius, the church elders at Antioch, which was the first Christian church, Paul, John the Baptist, all of the Jews in the book of Esther. Each person or group had different scenarios that caused them to fast, but they were all looking for the same results. Either a closeness, an answer, or an action that only God could provide. And fasting is not just a Christian custom or ritual, but it's something that I suggest Christians do. There are three things that jump out at me when I think of the benefits of fasting. One is that it strengthens your individual or collective prayers. See Ezra chapter 8 verses 21 through 23 or Esther chapter 4 verses 15 and 16. Number two, it helps you overcome temptation and strengthens your bond with God. See Matthew chapter 4 verses 1 through 11. Number three, you should definitely consult a physician, but it can help with your overall health. See Daniel chapter 1 verses 8 through 16. Now, when I fast, there are some sacrifices that I always try to make. I'll eliminate alcohol, food during certain hours, and some snacks completely. Now, there are two things that I've recently added to my fast. That seem to free up a lot of time for me to spend in prayer, meditation, or in study. I recently began fasting from all sports or Marvel uh, shows or movies. I take the apps off my phone. I try to avoid ESPN or Bleacher Report or any of that stuff. Uh, I think Avengers Endgame was like six hours long. How can I say that I don't have time to pray? Speaking of prayer, let's discuss prayer, but as a custom or a ritual. Now, like fasting, prayer is not exclusive to Christians, as people have been praying to their gods for centuries. I do, however, celebrate the fact that we have a direct line of communication to God, and He is never too busy, He cares to hear from us, and He responds to the prayers of those who call on His holy name. There is no set structure for prayer. The Bible does give us examples of prayer, and some of my biggest takeaways from the Bible are, Keep your motives clean. James chapter 4 verses 2 and 3 describes this. Don't just pray for show. See examples of where Jesus went to pray. You have to be confident and don't just don't just talk and, and say a bunch of words. See Matthew verse 6 chapter 7. Prayer has been called an outward expression of an inward commitment. 
Through our prayers, we can often give hope, help share our heart, or publicly lament with others. Now, now to lament is to um, to to feel so- feel great sorrow. Uh, look at the book of Lamentations, and you'll understand a little bit more. In Matthew chapter ten, verses t- uh, thirty-two and thirty-three, Jesus says, "Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown him before my Father in heaven." Now. Does this make you think twice about being too embarrassed to pray or bless your food when you're out at a restaurant or in public? Think speaking of uh, thinking about the Christian baptism. I believe that the baptism accomplishes several things. It fulfills the commands given in the New Testament to baptize. Think about the great commission. In Matthew chapter 28 verses 19 and 20, Jesus says, "Go therefore and make disciples of all nations." baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. It's also a great um, public expression of faith. Again, he who acknowledges me before others. Remember that passage I just read. It also commemorates the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So Jesus was publicly baptized the, by the biblical giant and, and cousin to, John, uh, to Jesus, John the Baptist. Scripture tells us in Matthew chapter 3 verses 13 through 17 that Jesus came from Galilee to Jordan to be baptized by John. Now if we skip ahead in the passage from, uh, from 13 to 16 and 17, it says that as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. Though baptism remains important on several to several different religions, there are a couple ways to celebrate this tradition. Um, for instance, Catholics, Orthodox Christians, and many of the Protestant denominations baptize babies, where Baptists, Anabaptists, and Pentecostal churches uh, baptize adults or children who are old enough to profess their faith. Let's talk about Bible study. <laughs> that's, that's right. I said Bible study. This is so important that I decided that we should dedicate some time to discussing it. Now, to study is defined in the Merriam-Webster Dictionary as follows. Is to make an effort to learn about something by reading, investigating, or memorizing. Now, I think that's a great definition of study. But for Bible study, I think that you have to add discussing and applying. And that's how you get a definition of Bible study. Let's look at a few verses to understand why studying the Bible is so important. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. Revelation chapter 1 verse 3. And Proverbs chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. From Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, it says, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you should meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have great success. Revelation chapter 1, verse 3 says, Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. Uh, That's me. 
and blessed are those who hear it and take heart to it uh, and take heart to what is written in it that can be you because the time is near says the writer Proverbs chapter 4 verses 6 and 7 says do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you love her and she will watch over you see the beginning of wisdom is this get wisdom though it cost you all you have get understanding like a lot of Christians I seem to do most of my studying alone however I do find that when I study in a group setting I get much more out of the Bible study see life is not meant to be lived alone Hebrews chapter 10 verses 24 and 25 say and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near let's talk about the Eucharist Eucharist is also been called the Holy Communion or or the Lord's Supper you may have heard it called um, one of those three things in Christianity the ritual is done in commemoration of Jesus's last supper with his disciples at which he gave them bread with the words this is my body and wine with the words this is my blood and then he says it, it, it is to be poured out for you or or to be poured out for many depending on which book you're reading from I say which book you're reading from because the custom or ritual describing the Eucharist uh, by Jesus the night before he was captured um, is reported in five books of the New Testament in Matthew chapter 26 verses 26 through 28 in Mark chapter 14 verses 22 through 24 in Luke chapter 22 verses 17 through 20 in John chapter 6 verse 54 through 57 and 1st Corinthians chapter 11 verses 23 through 25 the Eucharist has seemed to form like a central rite for Christian worship some Christians would agree that it is it's a memorial action in which by eating bread and drinking wine the church recalls what Jesus Christ said and what Jesus Christ did some would also argue that um, participation in the Eucharist deepens the communion of believers not not only with Christ but also with one another So no matter what platform you engage with us on today, be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or Facebook, we truly appreciate you tuning in, and we thank you for your support. If you have any questions or prayer requests, please send them to beliefoverdoubts at gmail.com. Be blessed and be safe.